Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. So, Matt, one of the things that Brandon Bean also said, two things. We can start with receiver and then we can go to O-line or do it the other way. But let's start with Gabe Davis. He said he has all the confidence in Gabe Davis being the number two wide receiver on this team. While I don't doubt that, I'll also point out that he pretty much said he has all the confidence in the team's pass rush last year before they went and signed Von Miller to six years and $120 million. So take it for what it's worth. I do think they're going to add to the wide receiver group, but where are you on Gabe Davis and what his role can be and how much they need to add and, you know, having him as the number two or bringing someone in to push him down the depth chart. I am very okay with Gabe Davis being a two a, if they go out and get a two B or a two B, if they go out and get a two a, I think that that's a role that he can thrive in. I like his skill set. One of the things, excuse me, that Brandon mentioned at the combine was that he was injured week two with an ankle injury and it lingered all year. And he thinks that that kind of limited him at times. Maybe that's, well, I believe he missed week two. He was injured in week one, right? Yeah, he missed the Tennessee game. That's right. Yeah, he missed the Tennessee game. So did, was that a practice injury or did he get injured against the Rams? He, yeah, he got hurt. If you remember, he got hurt in the walkthrough. He got, he came yeah. down. He came down wrong or got stepped on or something happened to his foot uh-huh. and he got injured in the walkthrough. Like on Listen, Saturday. I've always been a Gabe Davis, you know, truther, lead the hype train, all that kind of stuff. I think he's a really good player. And I think that he does have a really solid long-term trajectory, whether it's with the bills or if he goes out, he has a great year and then he gets paid a ton of money to go somewhere else. I think though, that they still need somebody else. I think that they need, I'm not saying that this is who they need, but Emmanuel Sanders was effective. And then at the end of the season, he lost it a little bit. And you're like, why isn't Gabe out on the field more? But that still was a viable option for the offense that other teams had to really, really worry about. I would like to see this team go out, draft a wide receiver early that can make an immediate impact, go out and sign a free agent that you think can be somebody who's one of your top four guys who's on the field a lot. I think that Gabe's got a really solid potential, but I still think they need help elsewhere. Agreed with all of that. And I, and I think they will target that position here in the off season. And I think that could come in a variety of ways. I, I think it's open to anything free agent, Okay, so what, you got uh, got Jacoby Myers. Would they go that route? I'm not sure. It might be a little too expensive. He's one of the top guys in the market, but you have other guys out there. Trade? Could you do something like that? Is there a team out there that maybe Mm -hmm. you guys have fallen out of favor? You think that, hey, we have something. We have a player. We have uh, have picks, whatever. And, of course, draft. Get a guy in a rookie contract, a, a, you know, cheaper contract. The way the draft is setting up, it looks like you might get some of the better receivers pushing down the board because a lot of the teams ahead of the bills teams took receivers the last couple of years. They already have guys um, and they're looking for other options, other positions. So I do think they will add to that position and it will help 
What about Odell Beckham Jr.? He's still out there. Is that something you would entertain right now to be maybe a solution here? Absolutely, unequivocally, yes. Ah. That's that's just me. Yes or no? I know, I know. I was trying to get everybody to hang on for a second there. I think that it, it depends on the contract. But if it's a couple-year deal, I don't see the harm. I know that there's sometimes drama that follows him, and I understand that you know the Cleveland stop was not successful. But I think back to that first half of the Rams game in the Super Bowl when he was unbelievable. He almost, you know, him and Aaron Donalds really, really took over that game, especially him in the first half. I think that he's got gas left in the tank. I think that him having that entire year off last year will kind of, you know, take some of the tread off of those tires. And I think that he's got some seasons where he can be effective still. It just all depends on the cost. Like if Odell Beckham is trying to go out and get a contract where he's going to get paid a ton of money, then no, it's not a smart decision. But if Odell Beckham is realistic and says, okay, I'm going to go sign a one or two year deal somewhere where I think I can have a strong season, almost like different caliber of player, but almost like Juju Smith-Schuster did this year. Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't think maybe got as much interest as he thought he was going to get. So he went out and signed with a really, really great team and then went out and went, a, went on to win a Super Bowl. And now he's one of, once again, the top free agent op- options. He's probably going to stay in Kansas City. But if you're Odell, maybe you take a bet on yourself. He's made so much money with football and with endorsements and all of that kind of stuff. You can take a gamble for a couple million dollars to go to a team where you think that you can fit and to kind of reestablish yourself as one of the better playmakers in the league. And, you know, he'll obviously have options around the league. If there were teams that were interested even before the season ended, now there'll be probably more teams that'll be interested. We'll see how all that plays out. Then Brandon Bean talked about the offensive line. I thought it was very interesting. Like paraphrasing here, he had, he said something along the lines of that will be something they'll look at for, let me get actually the actual quote here. I want to get the actual quote here because I thought it was really interesting how he said it, but Matt, what he said was, as I grab it, that it kind of sounded to me like that is a bigger priority this off season than wide receiver. Um, here is what he said. He said, we want, we, we're going to look there before we look to the playmakers. That's on investing in the offensive line. Yeah. Very interesting. I think there's something to be said about that. Offensive line was not great. I know that he did not rule out bringing back Roger Saffold. I don't think it would be, you know, for nearly as much money as Roger Saffold got last year, if that's something that they were right. interested in doing, Agreed. maybe he's a guy, maybe he's, you know, a break class break glass in case of an emergency sixth guy, seventh guy. But I don't think you want to roll out with him as a starter again. I think the only people who are probably guaranteed to come back as starters are Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morris. And then I would say Ryan Bates. I think there's a lot of areas that they can improve. So, yeah, I, and I do think that if you make the offensive line better, everybody else gets a little bit better. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's the same thing. It's such a complimentary game. You know, you get better wide receivers, the quarterback gets better then the running game gets better. Cause you got to worry about, but I truly do believe that the offensive line was one of the biggest things holding the bills back this past season, especially at the end. Yeah. And the Eagles are a great example of this, right? I mean, they were just so good on the offensive and defensive lines and it just made everybody on their team a lot better. I think it's really interesting how much he talks up Spencer Brown. He's been talking up Spencer Brown a lot. He did it again at the combine and either it's like, they really believe in Spencer Brown or it's something to try to throw you off the scent of them, maybe going out and trying to take a swing at a a right tackle. Maybe I, I, I feel like the best case scenario for the bills 
is to go out and get a guard. Like that would be the area that I would think would be the most. And I know that maybe that's not as important of a position as tackle is. I think what you do is you go out and you invest big time in a guard, whether that's in, this is not like an original map of idea. This is something that I actually had a really long conversation um, with Joe Biscalia from the athletic about, about trying to find somebody who is a guard who eventually could potentially play center to replace Mitch Morris. If ultimately he ends up, you know, deciding that he wants to retire down the road or whatever. But I think I would invest big time in a guard. And then I would find a right tackle who can compete with Spencer Brown. And then it's just like whatever player is out there, they're the guy who's going to win the competition. And then, you know, you've got a pretty solid backup if the competition goes the way you think it's going to. And it's pretty close back and forth. So are those players you just described maybe already on the roster and Ike Butker and David Questenberry? I don't think so. I don't think David Questenberry is good enough to really, I think if David Questenberry was good enough to really compete with Spencer Brown, Mm -hmm. then he probably would have played more this past season. Ike Butker is a different story, but I feel like Ike Butker is one of those perfect candidates to kind of be your number six because injuries are going to happen like every single year. So the sixth offensive line job, especially for a guy like Ike Butker, who's pretty versatile is still a relevant position on this team because chances are he's going to probably play in a lot of games, whether it's in, whether it's a guard or whether it's at center. So I I think baseline, you got to go get a guard and you just put Ryan Bates at whatever spot because this year, this year was right. Last year was left. Whatever spot is kind of available. I think that he did an okay job. Agreed. And then you, and you also and they're paying need, them pretty good money. I mean, they match that, that RFA deal from Chicago a year ago too. And so he, it's not like you're just going to move on from Ryan Bates and let me reset for the fans to know they have five pending free agents on the offensive line, Saffold, Questenberry, Butker, Greg Van Roten and Bobby Hart. And I'll say it this way. You can say, just let them all go. Well, guess what? You're just going to sign guys like them anyway. Those are the kinds yeah. of guys that you're, they're all going to be the same kinds of guys you bring in. So I wouldn't be surprised to see most of not all of them back of all of the guys you mentioned. I think the biggest priority would be on Butker. Would you agree with that? Yes. And I think that by them re-signing Butker a year ago, knowing he wouldn't play for a while, mm-hmm. basically was an indication that they wanted to keep him in their building, doing everything because they had more long-term plans. I'd be surprised if they didn't go re-sign Ike Butker. They'll get him back for a minimum deal. It's easy. And you know what? Another player that I think people might kind of go, whoa, at, but of the other players you mentioned, I think there's a chance Bobby Hart comes back too. Sure. He's the extra guy. And they used him a lot last year. They used him a lot last year. And for what he's going to cost you, I think that does make a lot of sense. They like that. He's been in their system for a couple of years. Now he's also a little bit versatile. Like there's things that he can do. So that's the name of the game at the offensive line. It's gotta be better. I like I've told you so many times I saw a mock draft this morning and the bills were getting a running back, you know, B. John Robinson from Texas. And I know a bunch of people will scoff at the idea of a running back in the first round. I don't care as long as it's somebody on offense, make your offense better, whether it's a wide receiver, a running back, an offensive lineman, even a tight. I don't care. As long as it's somebody on offense, I think that's what this team needs to be focusing on moving forward. All right. Before we wrap up the segment, uh, because we have to at least discuss it, any changed feelings on Tremaine Edmonds and or Jordan Poyer and what, might happen or what are your feelings right now as we sit here as we record on the very last day of February, 15 days before NFL free agency begins. I feel a little less confident that Jordan Poyer has a chance of coming back. 
just from some of the interviews and the thing about I want to go to a place where they don't take half your money with taxes. Like, I feel like that's somebody who is kind of already moving the, you know, turning the page unless there's not a better option out there. I still think Jermaine Edmonds is probably the bigger priority just based off of his age and based off of, you know, his trajectory that he's going on. He had a really, really strong year. They're going to have to re- rework some contracts though, to make that happen. I mean, you know, being said they will do they, They're going to yes. restructure. I mean, I think Josh is a top candidate. He could restructure Von Miller. They could clear $30 million just by doing those two guys, I think. Let me ask you this. I don't know if you guys ever talked about this on the Extra Point Show. Do you buy anything into the Stefan Diggs potentially trading him thing from a couple weeks ago with Florio and Pro Football Talk? No. It would literally cost the Bills over $30 million of dead cap to trade Stefan Diggs. It's not happening. Okay. I agree with you completely. I was one of those things that I looked at. I rolled my eyes and I just continued to scroll. It's just something that people are going to talk about because of what happened towards the end of the year, the body language, all those different uh, stories. There's been nothing on that last couple of weeks. Stefan doing a couple interviews during the Super Bowl about playing with his brother, things like that. Th- this is what happens during the off season, but I do not buy any of that. I, I would be, I don't know how you would do it unless you literally pour up his contract, gave him a new one and traded him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, what does that look like? I'm not really sure. So I don't think anything um, with that on Edmonds. I still think I'm feeling less confident on Edmonds than I have. Really? Interesting. Yeah, but, but I still think there's a chance to do it because there's a there's a path by giving him a longer deal because of his age and spreading the money out. But he made comments at the Super Bowl about, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, they let the process play out and really thank Buffalo for what they've done to start my career. And it just seemed like a guy like, OK, well, maybe he's off somewhere else. But I'm a little less confident. I still think they could do it. And it might work out, but on Poyer, um, I've never been truly confident they're going to keep him. I've always felt he's going to be playing somewhere else next year. Unless the only way I see Jordan Poyer back at this point is if the both sides go, we really, we're better with each other than without each other. How about a one-year deal to keep this thing back for one more year with Micah? That's the only way. Otherwise, I think he might be a Miami Dolphin. I don't, I said the same thing to a friend the other day. I was like, I could see him signing with Miami and I could see he lives there. I know it makes it convenient. It's easy, but they do have Holland. Who's really good safety. Like, are you going to invest that much money into that position? Given all of the other money you have, like that you're going to have to spend elsewhere. It's true. Tampa, Jacksonville. He's, he's going to be in Florida somewhere, right? He's going to be one of the Florida teams, Florida, Texas. It feels like those dead feels Dallas. I don't know about Dallas. Um, yeah, he's an interesting one. One of the names that was thrown out there for Tremaine Edmonds, I don't know if it was like Barnwell or if it was somebody else over at ESPN. They said the Lions makes the most sense for Tremaine yeah, I Edmonds. I saw that too. And I, I kind of dig that that fit. I mean, if it's not going to be in Buffalo, I feel like he could really thrive with like Dan Campbell as his coach. All right, let's uh, answer some questions from listeners and tweeters. <laughs> 